You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fair Game podcast. Today's guest has enormous experience in our industry. She's been involved in everything from with fairs from agriculture to marketing and now finds herself as the fair manager of the Lake County Fair in Central Florida. Stacy Wade, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Stacey, you've done an awful lot in the fair industry. Can you give people at home an idea of how you came to be a fair manager at the Lake County Fair? Kind of give them your backstory on, on where you started and how you ended up where you are. All right. Well, I actually was born and raised in Central Florida in Orlando. Um, my dad was the blacksmith fairy for Walt Disney World for 32 years. So you legitimately can say you are from Florida. I am a Orlando native and a one, Disney brat. Yes. Yeah, one of the few. One of the few. That's true. Um, I wanted to work at Disney, but my dad said, no. He's like, no, you're not going to work at Disney. Go find something else to do. So what I did, I basically said I ran off with Carnival. I ran off and joined the fair. <laughs> um, I've been in the business 20 years. We, my brother and I showed at the Central Florida Fair. We exhibited livestock, creative arts, food arts, um, entered quilts and crafts. So we grew up at the Central Florida Fair, honestly. Basically, that's how it all started through our FFA program. And um, I was going to be an ag teacher. I started off going to school to be an agriculture teacher. And while I was working for Orange County Public Schools, I get a call from Charlie Price, who was at the Central Florida Fair at the time. And he said, hey, I got an offer for you. And I never looked back after that. I mean, it was like the best of both worlds for me. Um, I could still be involved in the fair industry and still teach and have that education component that I wanted. You know, instead of having 30 kids, I got 350 kids. So (laughs) Maybe more than that at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, I went over there in 2002 and became his education, livestock and agricultural manager. And I was there for 15 years. And this was the Central Florida Fair. Central Florida Fair in Orlando, right downtown. I was there for 15 years. And then a wonderful opportunity came up in, I think it was February, March of 17. Uh, Miranda Muir, who was at the Osceola County Fair at the time needed another hand so she called me up and I went over there as her other right hand I guess you could say assistant manager marketing director so she and I um, worked there for two years together and then Happy Norris who was here at the Lake County Fair decided back in 2019 that it was time for him to hang his hat up and it was time for him to retire he'd been here I believe over 20 years yeah and um I got a phone call and it was one of the board of members. I did not see this coming. I had actually seen Happy at the Osceola County Fair. He had come down to visit with me that February. And um, this came about in March. And I did not know he was thinking of leaving. And one of the board members called and said, hey, we want to talk to you. Would you be interested? And I was like, this is it. You know, this is the one thing you're you're in the industry. your, Your big dream is to be a fair manager is to manage your own fair one day. And I was like, yeah, let's talk. So let's talk. Um, so yeah. And next thing I know, I'm here for the 19 fair and I'm shadowing happy and learning the ropes of the Lake County fair. And then in July he retired and they handed me the keys and I became the new fair manager for the Lake County fair. Got some big shoes to fill. <laughs> so you became the fair manager in July of 19. It- and then the and then the pandemic hit. Bam. Now we know who to blame. <laughs> so tell us tell us a little bit about uh, the fair itself. When does it run? What's your typical attendance? Fair runs April. We are usually either the second to last or the last fair in the run for the Florida Federation of Fair season. Um, we usually sit either on top of Clay County or just alternating, you know, before, after, whatever. Right. Uh, we run in April. We run about 70,000 people through the gate. We don't have a big piece of property here. I believe we've got about 40 acres. That includes parking. Um, so it's a tight fit. It's a tight fit. It is a tight fit. It's a very well-oiled machine. Um, 
a lot of what we call fair in a box. Like we say, you know, we don't get the grounds until we have a flea market on Thursday. Flea market's done at one o'clock and there's trucks parked out here ready to unload. The flea market's going out one gate and the carnival and my tents and my staging's all coming in the other gate. So it's like flea market's out, I get the grounds and we start to have a fair. And so you you don't get the grounds to what? Like just a week right before the fair? 10 days. 10 days. That's that even for a small fair, I imagine that's yes. a pretty tight turnaround. Tight turnaround. And it's amazing that the team that we have that came together, put it together. I've only seen it once, done once. So I know, you know, what I've got coming down the pipes for 21, but yeah, ten, that's very well-oiled machine. It has to be because that seems just incredibly tight. I know there's some some of the bigger fairs, obviously. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I can't speak to the Florida State Fair, but I know there's a handful like OC and LA, you know, whatnot that uh, they're in a blackout a month before. You know, mm -hmm. they're a full 30 days before the day one of the fair that they're in a blackout or or thereabouts on that. So my teardown is even tighter. We end on a Saturday and we have to give the grounds back that next Wednesday night because we have flea market six o'clock in the morning, not next Thursday. Wow. So they is, get there it any, done. is there any, uh, any talk or, or, or hope for expansion moving to a new fairgrounds or something like that in the future? We are, we are, we, um, have a lease on a piece of property, um, into varies, um, it's a little bit bigger than this. I think we were looking at about 60, 70 acres over there, just around the corner. Um, brand new piece of property it is county owned, but there's nothing on it yet. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm not real sure what's going to happen. You know, pandemic hit everybody. Um, we might be a little bit behind schedule when we go to that grounds, but we were hoping to be there in five years. I don't know if that's still... Well, pandemic could knock that back easily. Yeah, it could knock it back another five, you know, but we do have some game plan. We have a game plan. So see what happens. Awesome. So, um, you know, you take over July 19. So the, the April of 19 run, you were sort of, you were shadowing happy. So that, that fair had pretty much been planned. You were Correct. coming in, you were, you were learning the machine. You were learning how it functioned. You get it to where it's yours 2020 is going to be your baby um unfortunately that didn't work out because the pandemic but prior to the pandemic what kind of plans did you have for that 2020 fair oh we had a lot um i i was charged with you know the board had charged me with making a few changes we still wanted to keep some of the nostalgic piece and some of that lake County agricultural feel which to me is very very important um so we kept with that we changed up all the entertainment and we had a different type of marketing strategy, strategy planned. Um, everything was done. Everything was done. Um, we had a bus. We wrapped one of those buses um, that they have in Orange County. They brought the bus of the public transportation up into Lake County, same company. And I wrapped a full bus. So we had a moving billboard going all over Lake County that hit the road first that hit the road in February. So in February, we were still having a fair, of course, um, promoting, promoting, promoting. My billboards were going up. My tickets were at the bank. Actually, we started selling tickets. We had already sold tickets. Everything. Everything was done. We recorded radio spots, TV video, videos, um, commercials. It was in the can. Everything was done. Right. Um, and at that point, you've spent... I mean, I was, I, I've spoken with, uh, with Tasha cause she's runs mm -hmm. about the same, like you were saying about the yeah. same time as you. Um, and at that point it's gotta be rough for you guys. You spent the money like that. It's not like for some of these fairs that ended up canceling, um, in September, October mm -hmm. and, and, you know, even bill up in Jacksonville and they had to cancel for November, they had lead time that they could hold back. They could hold off on expanded marketing expenditures. You guys were money's gone. Money's um, gone. Um, it was. And, you know, I, we were what I would say right there on that cusp. We had, we were holding out hope, um, praying that we could do something, even yeah. if it was smaller scale. So, I mean, it, the closer it, 
kept getting, we were watching every fair around us, Citrus, Sarasota, all those folks just shut down, shut down, shut down. And it was like, well, we're the last one, we're the last one, you know, cause this was supposed to be you know, kind of done and out of the, we were out of the woods come April, we had hoped anyways, um, we can have something, we can have something. And it just, the closer it got, it was just like, we realized when well, we got a, we got a, we did get a call from the department of ag and um, without saying too much, they asked two questions and we knew, and I told the board then I said, them asking those questions, we need to shut it down. We, we need to do our due diligence and shut it down and do the right thing. You know, we'll come back and we'll revisit how we're gonna get rid of the livestock animals and what we're gonna do with those programs. But um, we, we just cannot open the gates. We just, so we just. What's it like when you're in a, in a meeting like that, whether we're, I don't know whether you guys did it over the phone or whether you met in person, when you finally really, you know, you're holding out hope. I know you and I had spoken, we were, yeah. we were crossing fingers. You had a lot of great plans going on for entertainment. What's it like when all of a sudden that, that black cloud finally hits you and that realization in the, in the pit of your stomach and you go, this is it. And we got to make the decision we didn't want to make. What is the general feeling between you and the board at that point? It was, it was devastation, I guess you could say, um, because there was so much hype. There was so much positive. It's kind of like the day after Christmas, but worse, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, here you've planned all this and you've seen the marketing material. You've seen the results coming through on your Facebook. You've seen ticket sales and it was just, we just got to do the right thing. We just have to do the right thing. It was a very, very difficult board meeting. We had several board meetings. There were times that there were like three weeks there that we met twice and then we were on phone calls and it was, we tried, we tried everything, you know, we tried every angle. Um, we even were even going to try to do a, a live livestock show on the grounds. The county was willing to, you know, hey, here are the grounds, do the livestock show, do the livestock sale. But the more we kept watching what was happening in Citrus County and Okeechobee, we realized, you know, we were at the end of this and it was just, it was enclosing on us. And it was, we needed to just, boom, stop. We were fighting. We fought a good fight. I'm not going to lie. We were going to fight. We were going to be the ones standing up and like, Hey, we had a fair, <laughs> but right. it just wasn't in the cards for us. Yeah. And it's almost like maybe if you'd had another month before your fair, like if you were in May, maybe you could have, you know, had more time to act. But, um, you know, when I spoke with Tasha, she kind of felt like, cause you know, it was only on March 11th that world health had declared the pandemic, but that was also the day that Houston livestock show canceled. And, you know, with you guys opening what, like April 3rd, 4th, 5th, something like that. Yeah, it was around, the, it was the um, ninth we were supposed to open the ninth. Yeah, that's, that's not a lot of time. It's like, you can kind of sit and watch this for a week and then it's like, you got to make a decision and it comes very quickly. So for any fair, obviously having to cancel that close to their opening, um, it's obviously we talked about your, your budget spent, you know, your marketing dollars have already gone and obviously you can there's some money you can save if your entertainment's canceled and, and mm -hmm. things of that nature. But um, obviously it's financially devastating, especially for a small fair like yours. Is there, or have there been since any opportunities that you guys have developed to shift to any other means of revenue generation, like fair, you know, fair food drive-throughs I've seen some fairs doing, is there anything that has helped you guys generate some revenue? Unfortunately for the Lake County fair here in Eustace, we we're a tenant of the Lake County Fairgrounds. The fairgrounds is owned and operated by the county. We are, we basically rent an office and we get the grounds for the 10, 12 days of the fair event. Unfortunately, with us not having the fair, the county was gracious enough to say, hey, if you wanna do something later on down the road, you know, we can do, we'll give you the 10 days back, you know, we'll work it out. Um, at that time, everybody was doing a lot of those drive-ins and um, we're kind of in a rural area up here in Lake County, just north. You know, it's amazing that when you cross the county line, how rural it changes from Orange County to Lake County. But um, we had, I had worked with a, a bunch of folks and we were going to do a themed drive-in night. I was able to secure four or five of my food vendors and we were gonna do drive-in movie with a concert. Um, 
we were able to pull one off, but unfortunately we weren't able to pull the other two off. Um, I'm not real sure if it was the timing or if it was still in the heat of everything where folks were still nervous about coming out. Um, it was a great product. I've had several people try to replicate that product. I've had a lot of people ask about that product. Um, I don't, I don't know what, what it was that we didn't get that bang for our buck or that attention that we needed for that product. But, um, it was really cool. I mean, we, the first weekend we had, it was a pirate's night for you and we showed pirates of the Caribbean and we had hired rusty cutlass, which was Walt Disney World's pirate band that you see in the park. Yeah. They do the pirate tutorial and they do a bunch of stuff over there. So they did an hour show leading up to pirates of the Caribbean. We had four or five food vendors out there. We encouraged folks to dress up like a pirate. We swore the kids in as a pirate, dress your car up like a pirate ship and all that stuff. Um, it was a good little product and we ran it for three days, but unfortunately it was not as, well, it wasn't a moneymaker for us, I guess you yeah. could say, like, but it was probably well, in the heat of all of this. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. Cause that's, things were changing so fast at that point. You yes. had Yes. literally the CDC would say one thing and three days later, they'd be like, Oh no, no, no. We meant this. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think people got spooked really fast and they, they did. They didn't want to go out at all. I mean, this is back in, in this was what April you were doing this. Uh, we did our first one in June. We yeah, had, June. we had people them. Were, mark people were still stealing toilet. We were running on toilet. They were at that they point. Were. Like people yeah. were panicking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had, we had had three of them planned out. Um, the first one was the pirate weekend. And then we were going to do the second weekend was with the Sweeney's. And then our third weekend was going to be actually 4th of July. That was going to be our, our third weekend. And we were going to bring out uh, the humdingers and show very patriotic films and all kinds of stuff and do a little bit of fireworks because city of Eustace was able to pull off a huge fireworks show. So we were going to kind of tag on with that because you can see the fireworks over the barn Mm -hmm. so we were going to kind of incorporate all of that together on the 4th of July but we it just wasn't that was it wasn't in the cards unfortunately for us yeah I mean and all you can do is is roll the dice and try I mean I don't think there's That's any all you can do. there's I don't think there's a right way to handle this in this uh the recovery from this and, and managing it you just you have to try and and speaking of that you're you're now just about five months away or five or six months away from your 2021 run um, obviously it's entirely possible. You could get that run in full and all of it. It's all good. You may have to do it in some modified fashion or God forbid the run doesn't happen, but you're still in a position now in, in the late fall of 2020 of having to plan for a fair during a pandemic from a yes. management standpoint, how do you approach a task like that? Well, we are, because we didn't have our fare and we were on the cusp of opening the gates, we were able to basically take the fare that we had planned for 20 and we're just going to give that fare to our county in 21. It's also our 100 year anniversary in 21. So we've added a few different elements to that. Um, we've added a few different marketing strategies, but that's all done. The planning's all done. We rolled over all of our entertainment. Um, to me, that was very important. I wanted to make sure that those entertainers that I had, that I had actually worked with, created content with, created marketing plans with, created events with, had that chance still and that we just didn't, you know, write them off. So we're rolling all over all of our entertainment. We're rolling over all of our marketing our whole entire marketing campaign is getting rolled over with the exception of adding hundred year anniversary to sure. it. Um, on the pandemic side, we're working closely with the county. Um, hopefully by April, you know, we've got to have a plan A, plan B, plan C, what we would call the worst to the best. I, you know, yep. you got your best idea, your worst idea, you know, your best idea is to open like nothing's ever happened and we have a fair. We're going to have to, you know, buckle down on some additional hand sanitizers, hand washing stations, 
stuff like that, you know, that we all know we've got, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to drop a little bit of extra cash into those areas. Um, but that's kind of goes back to the time, what I call my E. coli days back in 2005, you know, um, thank God, I hate to say it, but I was on the front line of the E. coli situation back in the day um, here in Florida and learned a lot with that. So you can take what we've learned from the E. coli situation and really put it towards this pandemic situation, you know, sanitization, health, cleaning, the whole nine yards, social distancing now, um, you can kind of just put them together and, and you'll be able to get through it that way. But um, there's a lot of planning to go along. We've got a really good, good, good group here in Lake County. Our health department is fantastic. Our sheriff's department is fantastic. The county commissioners are great. I mean, they want the fair. They are going to do whatever they can to help us make it happen any way, shape or form. And I think to me, that's probably the biggest positive out of this is that, you know, you've got a lot of key players here in the county that want to see it happen and want us to be successful. So we're in it together. It's, you know, it's a village. It's going to take a village to pull this off, no matter what capacity we're in at that time. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, another guest was um, that I've had on the show for this season said that in 2021, it's going to be more important than ever for fairs to examine every dollar, every expenditure you talked about, you know, it's going to be some increased costs for sanitizers and cleanliness and things like that. Um, do you think it's a good idea for fairs to start that process now of looking at even possibly reworking ride operator contracts, entertainment contracts, maintenance contracts, all those expenses and try to make sure they're getting the absolute best deal possible? Yes, and actually we, we did. That was one of the first things out of the gate um, that we did do. Um, we got very lucky with our carnival contract because we were on the end of our carnival contract. Uh, 20 was our last year for the carnival contract and we were supposed to renew. But there again, you know, we hold off on any negotiations for the new contract. Let's roll it over to 21. Um, I think everybody's going to be in that same situation. I know we actually did that a couple of months ago. We went through line item, line item, line item. Um, but you also want to be very aware of the fact that the product you're producing and turning out, that you're not giving your guest. Substandard. Substandard. Yeah. Half baked yeah. product. Um, they're still going to pay the nine, ten, twenty dollars, whatever your gate is. They're still going to pay the forty-five dollars, twenty-five dollars ride wristband. That's not going to change. But what you're giving them, you still need to be able to give them a good product. Um, right, because you don't want to so, turn around and say, "Hey, our ride bands are still twenty or thirty dollars," but instead of four, instead of forty-five rides, we've now got twenty-two. Exactly, exactly. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, you know you had 25 grounds acts along with a circus and you had the flying flora super show you had the sweeney's you've got the racing pigs you don't want to go back and say okay we're only going to have xyz right you know you don't want to do that you definitely don't want to do that because you now you're cutting your nose off spite your face and you know um i'm i'm very adamant about your price is your price um, I don't like to negotiate too much because I know what you're putting out. I know what Dennis is putting out and I'm going to name drop here. I know what Greg's putting out. I know what um, Dennis Lee's putting out and all those guys. I know what Bobby McLam's putting out. I know what Kyle's putting out. I am not one to try to negotiate too much. You know, I know what it takes to put food on your table. You know, so it's like, I know a board is going to want to, you know, get the best deal you can, but you too, you too have had taken a hit here. You yeah. guys have been out of work, some of you since January, maybe. And then when this all went down, none of you have had work. So it's like, we're in this together. I don't care right. whether you're a food vendor. I don't care if you're an entertainer. 
we're in this together. So I don't, I'm, I'm having a hard time with people. Oh, you need to renegotiate that price. I'm like, that, that's hard on me to do that sure. because I, like I well, said, I know your side of it too. Absolutely. But, and I also think there's a reality that at least for my side as an entertainer, we have to deal with that is for me talking to some entertainers, I feel like the vibe is, you know, Hey, we'll get to hopefully by summertime of 21, that things have calmed down and we're able to kind of go back to quote unquote normal. And then we'll just, whatever our cancellations from 20 were, they'll happen in 21. And then we just move on with life. But the fact of the matter is there's a, there's a real business component of this that a lot of us get paid because of sponsor money. Well, if those businesses haven't come back or those businesses are gone, you know, it's very probable that a fair that has, you know, a quarter million dollar entertainment budget might only have a hundred thousand dollar budget right. or a hundred thousand dollar entertainment budget might be $40,000. Now, I think the, the landscape that allows th that is there for entertainers. I think the real estate that is there for entertainers is going to be much smaller. It will come back. Um, but I think it could be, you know, three to five years before we really yeah. feel that again. Um, and so on our end, we have, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you. Um, the price is the price. Yeah. If there's client, we're looking to really try and lasso in, there's always a promo or a, you know, mm -hmm. you guys, you all do the same thing with your ticket sales. Hey, Friday night, price right. is the price. Tuesday afternoon, we can be a little more flexible. Um, but I think there's there's going to have to be some give on the part of the entertainers and and some flexibility and and working out what is what is equitable for everybody. Because, like you say, we're all in this together. Um, Sarah has heard multiple times. It's been said this year. She hears, you know. Um, we're all in the same boat and, mm -hmm. but then she heard a quote that said, no, we're not actually all in the same boat. We're all in different boats, but we're all in the same storm. And yeah. we need, we need to be cognizant of that, that, you know, some people's sh ships are a lot, uh, more, more built better to withstand the storm. And other people are out there in a little fishing boat and, and about to get swamped. And I think it's important that, like you say, we work together, we all come to an understanding of how things are going to be moving mm -hmm. forward. You know, yeah, the price is the price, but we're also in some uncharted waters here that we've got to work together. It's true. So, and speaking of those relationships, how has this pandemic impacted the relationships um, between you and your community partners and sponsors with Lake County? <laughs> I'm in a unique situation. Um, I had seven sponsors that I was able to recruit last year, I guess you could say um, a lot of, a lot of money came in last year for sponsorships. Um, our big sponsor, which is Van Ganaway Chevrolet, which is just down the road off of 441. He was my presenting sponsor. LRMC, which is the hospital. We had two banks. Um, and some other folks around the area really jumped on board and um, sponsored the fair last year. We generated probably close to $30,000, $40,000 in sponsorship money. And when this happened, of course, I reached out to them and I asked them because they have every, every right to ask for that money back because we did not have a fair, you know, the end product wasn't there. They have every right to ask for that money back. So we're charting that territory. I asked them all, what do you want to do? I can give you back the money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And every one of them said, keep it, roll it over to the next fair. Every one of them. And I think the relationship that I had built with those folks leading up to the fair, you know, checking in on them, just keeping them involved every every step of the way showing them what we were doing showing them the billboard showing them the advertising showing them the bus going out to their places of business and doing some little youtube videos or facebook live stuff with, with them um, i just kept them engaged and i think just building that relationship and making them part of the fair and a stakeholder if you will it helped um, because i think had we not had that relationship they would have said, yeah, we need the money back because those businesses too were hit. Right. Uh, so I got very, very lucky for that situation. 
going into 2021. Um, like I said before, I've got a lot of folks here in the area in the county that want to see the fair succeed. They are, they love the fair. They absolutely love the fair. So they're helping, they're coming to, they're coming to the plate. They're, I get phone calls every day. It's like, hey, I've got a lead. You need to call so-and-so. They might be interested in the livestock barn or an entertainment act or the hayloft or a STEM project. Um, I think what they want, these folks want is, um, it's part of a grassroots movement up here. Um, they wanna be part of it. So they're jumping on board to make sure that we have a successful event for 21 because there hasn't been anything for months. And you know, by the time we get to fair, it'll be a year that we haven't really had any big large events in this county. And right. this will be the one that- And it will have been two years since that. we had a fair. True, yeah. So um, I've been very lucky. I was able to also um, get some other sponsors in the past few weeks. So I've been able to secure some new folks who have never been involved in the fair before. And we were able to generate another $20,000 on top of what we had in the bank from last year. So, Good. and we just keep continuing to grow and I have feel, meetings this week still. Yeah. Do you feel like as, um, <laughs> you know, cause we hear uh, about DeSantis and, and his decisions to start reopening Florida and get the economy going, do you feel like as businesses have started to reopen that those sponsorship and partnership dollars are starting to flow again because people are, you know, businesses had to have clammed up at first and then you feel like it's starting to relax a little bit uh, on that front? I, in Lake County, yes. In Lake County, yes. Um, I still live in Orange County, which is right across the county line, about 30 minutes down the road. It's a different world. It's a different world in Orange County altogether. Um, home of Mickey Mouse, Shamu, and the Grinch over there. It's a different world, um, but coming across the county line, everybody, you know, it's open up here. We've, we've been semi-open, if you will, since day one. And um, I think people will start to say, yes, you know, let's go. We're moving forward. We're moving forward. Yes, we're moving forward. Good. So. Good. So we've talked to, you know, about the fair. Uh, you personally, you're a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two daughters. Who? How old are they? 19 and 17. Wow. How? <laughs> They're not how, babies anymore. Not at all. I remember, geez, last time I saw them, I think they were probably <laughs> like 16 and 14, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. Um, how are they holding up through all this in 2020? Uh, it was it was difficult. It was very difficult um, because Ashley, my oldest, this was her senior year, high school senior year. Um, it was hard. There were a lot of tears for a lot of weeks. Um, were they able to march for graduation or no? No, no, um, no prom. Mm. No, they did not walk. Um, they did a virtual graduation, you know. We were going to have it. We were going to have it. We were going to have it. And then, of course, they said, no, we're not having it at all. Um, and and it, here's the funny thing, and I'll just give you two different scenarios. You know, I worked in Lake County, 30 minutes down the street from Orange County. My girls go to school in Orange County. Eustace and all of Lake County kids had a graduation and they walked in May. But in Orange County, Nobody walked. So that county just gives you an idea. Two counties back to back. It's like I said, night and day. The world is different when you cross the county line. Yeah. But um, it, it was, there were a lot of tears there. It was, it was stressful. Um, you know, you build it up, you know, your senior year is your year. And that's what you've gone to school for is for your prom, for senior walkout day, walk across that stage to shake that principal's hand and to get that diploma and just have that great big party. And it, it was rough. It was rough. We did a, they did a drive-through graduation thing on the property at school. And just to watch these kids, it was heartbreaking. 
it yeah. was heartbreaking. She has about eight hundred kids in her graduating class, and it it was to watch them all. It was it was tough. There were a lot of tears. Yeah, I imagine. And you know, I think when you look at that in the you know when you look up close at that in the in the short term, it's it's devastating for these for these kids. And uh, you know, one of Sarah's former students that she had when um, she was in second grade, this was her senior year, and you know, no walking across the stage, no anything like that. I think long-term, you know, they'll probably look back when they're 27, 28, and they'll be like, hey, it really wasn't that big a deal. But right now it's a big deal. And, you know, I think it's important that as the adults and parents and support system around these kids that we recognize that and, and give them the support they need. But what about you? Um, how has this pandemic directly affected you personally? Are you doing okay? I'm, I'm fine. Um, I guess my mentality is, you know, I'm, I'm always a caregiver. Um, and so, you know, I've got, I've got my girls, I've got my mom, you know, my brother, my sister-in-law, you know, they're, they're hanging in there, but I've also, it was one of those things that this was, it was happening so fast, you know, we shut the fair down, but now I've got all these animals. We got to figure out how to get rid of them. So we went right into a virtual livestock sale and a virtual livestock show getting that all put to bed, it takes about a month to actually do that project and to do that. So we put that to bed. We were done, you know, the end of May, we get ready for our annual meeting, new board comes in. So that was boom, 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 July, new physical year starts. Um, and now we're in 100 year fair mode. Let's start, let's start promoting, let's start going. <laughs> so right. Honestly, I, I have to say that it was, it was hard at first, you know, it was kind of like takes the wind out of your sails, but at the end of the day, you're looking at what's next, what's next, what's next. And um, sure. you just got to keep moving. Like I said, there's not, for me, there was really no downtime, really no downtime at all. Yeah. Like, let's go. We don't have time to goof around. Let's keep going. Yeah. So that's your kind of personality is let's just keep on keeping on keep moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I was, when I, I did an interview with Linnell from uh, Sydney Royal mm -hmm. show, and, you know, she's so super incredibly passionate about that show there in Sydney. And she brought up what I thought was a particularly significant point um, describing the sense of loss um, from the cancellations of these events, you know, the loss of, for our seniors, not walking across the stage to get their diploma, listening to pomp and circumstance play she described it as a grief process. And yes, when she said that it really hit me. Um, Cause that's exactly all these feelings. You know, I, I work for in one year, I work for a dozen fairs, mm -hmm. but in 12 months, you guys work for one and you work to build that one and build that one product, whether it's five days or 10 days or 20, like that's your thing. Um, and it, it hit me that, that feeling of loss for all of us, that it is a grief process. What are your thoughts on that? I, I totally agree. I, I, can, I can feel that. I felt it the day that we, we set the press release out. It was the next day. It was like, you feel helpless. You feel helpless. And then everything coming down the pipes, you know, with your kids and your family and your friends, and I'm the type that wants to keep it all together, stay, pay attention, keep it all together. Don't lose focus, you know, so you can, you know, help where you need to be, you know, helpful. Um, but there were about three days there when, after the press release went out here. Um, and it was in April leading up to Ashley's graduation and all her senior stuff. Um, that, and there were some other personal things that were going on that I was, you know, dealing with two, um, about two or three days, you just, I sat here and it just, you just cry. You just cry. I mean, and yeah. you're like, how do you get through this and how are you going to get through it? Um, but then it's like, you know, you get, you got to stay focused. You got to stay focused because there's people out there that, that need you, you know, and that's, that's just my mentality is, you know, you got to keep it together for everybody around you and worry about yourself later. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, that's, that self-care is so important. I read a report 
um, from the Robert Graham Center, and it talked about um, deaths of despair. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's certainly it's a subject that makes a lot of us uncomfortable, um, but it's a subject that ultimately touches all of us in some way. And in that report, they found that, it, you know, they, they made some assumptions um, for, for their research, whether it was a fast recovery with lower economic loss or a mid-range economic recovery with some job loss or, or worse, you know, a, a slow recovery with high job loss. And they, they were saying that we could see on, on average about an additional 65,000 lives lost mm-hmm. during this pandemic from drug and alcohol abuse and suicide. And I know you and I have spoken several times throughout 2020. We've, you know, checked in with each other, make sure everybody's, you know, we're doing okay. And batted some ideas around with marketing and whatnot. And I know it's been beneficial for me to feel connected with my fair family. Have you been in touch with other folks in the industry to check in on them and see how they're doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And I go back to um, my entertainers because I I could see it. I could see it. You know, you live for that spotlight. You live for that stage presence. You, You live for your audience. That's what you feed on. Um, and just to watch all of these entertainers not have that stage, that spotlight for so long. Um, and that's their livelihood. That's their livelihood. Um, it was hard. To, it was hard. And it's still hard to watch because it's still continuing. Um, you just, you worry about them. You really do. You, um, it's like, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? But um, you just got to, our food vendors too. Our food vendors have been, our concessionaires have probably been the most resilient, honestly, because they found that niche with those fair food drives. Um, a lot of them have been very lucky to get that off the ground. And, and I commend them for pulling that off. I mean, that's been great, great revenue for some of those folks. As Has it been blockbuster for them? Probably not, but it keeps them out there and keeps them going. It keeps some food on the table for them. Yeah. Um, keeps the lights on for them. But, you know, our entertainers, I, and I guess I, you know, coming from, you know, having that Disney background and have knowing so many Disney folks that are in the entertainment business and all over the theme park area, it's been hard to, um, hard to watch them because they are in a situation, like you said, um, very vulnerable, I guess you could say on some of them. Yeah. And it, you just want to, you want to be there for them, encourage them and just keep checking in on them. Yeah. I think the general feeling when I I've talked to people is they've been very grateful when fair managers or entertainment directors have just called to say, Hey, you know, I know it's been a couple of years since we've had you at our fair, but we wanted to see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there is a real vulnerability and it's feels for a lot of us feels like it's easy to just be kind of forgotten about, mm-hmm. um, you know, financially I'm, I'm lucky with where I'm at because Sarah was able to keep her job with APS. Um, so we're able to keep, you know, that's just enough to keep our bills paid, you know, and right. keep right. the mortgage up to date and everything. But, you know, I look at so many entertainers out there that they, when, when the times are good, it's really good. Really good. <laughs> and, um, really- you know, they, a lot of them live a very, um, scaled life. Like mm-hmm. they live within their means, you know, they, and they, they, you know, they're not, it's not flashy and elaborate, but they are doing what they love every day. And all of a sudden, you, you know, oh. the pandemic takes that one thing that they had away from them and now they've got nothing. And, um, I just think it's, I think it's real critical as an industry that, that we're keeping in touch with each other and, you know, we will make it through this. Um, but it's been certainly been a challenge. I mean, when you're talking to people and as, as you've spoken with them throughout the year, um, you know, now that we're towards the end of October and starting up November, are you finding people are, are generally maybe a little more optimistic now? Or are they still, are they pessimistic about the future? What are you finding with them? I think it's a combination of both. Um, and I think it depends on what group you're talking to. Um, I've seen some fair boards, very, very pessimistic. Um, and it's like, 
I can't have, can't, we can't have doom and gloom folks. We can't have doom and gloom. We've got to think positive. We got to think outside the box, how we're going to do this, how we're going to produce this product with some limitations. Um, but we're going to have this thing and we're going to do it. Let's stop being, you know, pessimistic. Let's be optimistic. Let's think what we can do to make it happen. Um, but I could, again, I've seen some folks that are, yes, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Let's go. We're going to make this happen. It's, it's both. It really is. Um, yeah. It really is both. I've seen um, some of our entertainers here recently, probably in the past two months, um, they're starting to get back out there slowly, but surely. Um, I ran into Fritzy and I don't know, you know, Fritzy. Oh yeah. Fritzy Bardo. Sure. Um, I ran into him a few weeks ago in Sanford. We were eating dinner at the German restaurant and it was so funny because, oh, there's a band coming in. And isn't that funny? There's a big red ball sitting there and there's this unicycle and I'm looking at my friends yep. and I'm like, I know this setup. I know. Well, the funny thing was, I'm like, that looks funny. I said, that looks like Fritzy's unicycle. What the heck? Like, okay, whatever. You know, he lives down in Sarasota and I'm over here in Sanford. We're having dinner and here comes Fritzy around the corner. You know, he was, he, they had booked him and then a couple other guys to do an event for that. Their Oktoberfest is what it was there in Sanford. So we're seeing stuff like that. Um, the Sweeney's are actually out playing shows they did a an event this past weekend in winter garden halloween slim down halloween event if you will um a couple of the other guys that are entertainers are picking up gigs left and left and right here i've seen dennis's um did the thing with uh tasha up there in clay county when they did their move drive-in movie and entertainment yep. so i've seen that dennis has got some work going to me it's i feel it's starting to pick back up Hopefully by the first of the year, we'll be starting to really move forward. Sure. Hope so. I mean, I'm glad, especially for Florida with so many entertainers. Um, I mean, that's a, a tourism and special events. I mean, that is Florida's bread and butter and it's, it's crippling. It's, it's tough for us out here in New Mexico because it feels like every other week or every week when our governor speaks, the goalposts move a little bit. Um, you know, first it was 15 days to flatten the curve. And then it was, well, we need to get our, you know, infection rate down to this. Well, now we got it down to that. And it's like, well, no, 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 this is the new number that we're going by. Yeah. And, we're just keep moving it back. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. And um, I mean, if, from your standpoint, what advice do you have for people that are in that spot right now where they're struggling and, you know, what advice do you have for them? Don't give up hope. Um, I know it's easy to, it's easier said than done, but um, know that there's folks out there who support you and love you. And, you know, if we don't reach out, you know, we're sorry, but, you know, it's not like we haven't forgot about you, but maybe you can reach out to them. And I've had some folks, you know, reach out to me that, you know, I haven't talked to in years, um, just touching base, you know, just, we're going to get through this. It may look a little bit different, but, you know, again, it's the same cliche. Everybody says we're in this together, which in this industry we are. And just keep bouncing ideas off of each other, whether it's your concessionaires, you know, your entertainers, your management, your ticket company, your ride company. Just keep working together because, you know, we're, good things will come out of tragedy sometimes. I hate to say that, but. Um, they do, though. They do. Um your fare might look a little bit different because you've, you've stepped back and had time to, you know, work with these folks and brainstorm and have these conversations with them. Yeah. But maybe the pandemic is the thing that forces, you know, a lot of fares across the country that, that their motto is, well, we've always done it that way. Maybe the pandemic is the thing that breaks that log jam. And five years from now, they go, we've gone from 80,000 to 140,000 in attendance, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. it's a new dawn, a new era for their fare because of their, they were forced to innovate. Right. And I, I believe that a hundred percent. I think it will um, up here in Lake County. We have, we're a very, very strong agritourism area. Yep. We have a ton of you pick farms all around this County. And I've got to give them credit because they've got lines down these dirt roads 
people are pounding on their doors to get in because they've started doing fall festivals and just fun outdoor grassroots events. And people are coming in from all over Central Florida and even North Florida, yeah. these events in Lake County. So I think that's something to look at is how these folks are putting this together. And they're not event people. That's what's so funny is they're winging it. We got pumpkins right. out here, you know, well, I guess we'll bring a band in or something. And one thing leads to another. So it's, it's been interesting to see that um, and just pay attention to what's going on in your community, what other people are doing too, because you yeah. may be able to incorporate some of what they're doing into your event. Yeah. For sure. Stacy, listen, I appreciate you being on the show. Before we go, everyone that comes on the show, as you know, is doing a round of speed, speed round questions. I'm going to ask, and you're going to quickly give an answer. Now, for the listeners at home, some of the questions get forwarded to the guests ahead of time, so they kind of have a little time to prepare. They don't know what I'm going to ask on the speed round questions. So this could get interesting. It could get interesting. It could, yeah. Are, could, are you, when, get, you, when we're done when we're done with this in about forty seconds, you're going to be like, "That was it." Here. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Here we go. Are we ready? All right. First question. Funnel Who'd you cake? ask? <laughs> funnel cake or fried Oreos? Funnel cake. Funnel cake. Uh, who's your first celebrity crush? Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam. I was not an answer that I figured I would get from you, but okay. Uh, if you had to choose between dogs and cats, why would you choose dogs? <laughs> Sorry, well, I kind of loaded that answer for you. You've seen you... my Facebook page, haven't you? <laughs> we, just, we just got a cat. Well. <laughs> That might be a little bit of the reason I asked the question. Yes, you got a cat. Why? You got a kitten. You, you have betrayed. Why? You betrayed humanity on that, Stacy. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> okay, moving on. Coffee, <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? With coffee mate hazelnut creamer. Hazelnut creamer. Sarah's all about the Italian creamer. That's good uh, too. But... What's the furthest from home you've ever traveled? Well, Mexico. Impressive. Yeah. I hope it was a beach in Mexico. Cancun, seven days. Perfect. Uh, last question. You can go back in time to meet one president of the United States. Which one do you meet and why? Abraham Lincoln. And why is because I always had... Um, I've always romanticized about the Civil War and the 18, 1860s. Yeah. Interesting time Just, period. It was. And plus, I want to wear a hoop skirt. So. You want to wear what? I want to wear a hoop skirt. Is that what they were called back then? Yeah. It was a hoop skirt? A hoop skirt. Kind of like a period piece. That's where you're kind of all dressed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. With my little parasol. With your parasol. Uh, so the Lake County Fair runs April 8th to 17th for that's 20 right. months, that correct? Uh, yep. and the woman bringing all those pieces together is Stacy Wade. Stacy, um, I'm really happy to call you a friend. Give my best to your girls, and we wish you guys happy holidays. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. Give Nate and Sarah a hug for us, and thank you very much for everything you do for everybody here in the industry. I will, I will give them that hug. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.